He answered the disciples, saying, Take heed, or pay attention, that no man deceive you. Because many will come in my name, saying, I am Jesus, I am the Christ, and will try to deceive you. And you will hear of rumors and of wars and wars. But don't be troubled. All these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Don't worry. It gets worse. But God is in control. Hello and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I hope you've been finding some time to read through the book of Revelation. You know, there is a blessing to those that listen and hear it and obey it. May as well grab those blessings anywhere you can get them, especially this one, because this one is a special blessing right out of the mouth of God. Well, a short bit of review as far as the book of Revelation goes. We have been going through it for a few weeks now, and we've started, we started back in chapter one. The first three chapters were the letters to the churches, to each of the seven churches. The churches that were mentioned were those in Asia Minor. It was Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. And each of these churches cover a bit of church history throughout the years. It can also refer to a particular type of church or to a particular type of individual believer. Some have said that the words in this book, the first three chapters, are the most important in the entire book of Revelation because they're all speaking to the church. So listen up, church. As we turn the page to chapter 4 of Revelation, the very first verse starts with, after this, in the Greek, the metatata, after these things, after the things of the church, He's talking about now the rapture and the church being in heaven. And all this was explained in previous podcasts. But for now, chapter 4 and chapter 5 that we discussed gave us an insight into what is happening in heaven when the church is taken out of this world, snatched away or raptured. As I reminded you last time, we are still in the church age, so this rapture has not yet happened. It's time to examine our hearts, examine our faith, and make it real and personal. It's not time to play church anymore. That time is over because the next step in our history has already been written. We know it's coming. God foreknew everything that's going to happen to us because he can he's outside of time and he can see the end from the beginning of all of our lives and all of history many fear this book because it's filled with so many difficult things i remember reading it under the covers at night with a flashlight when i was a child and it did it scared me a lot but god 
had me read it again when I got older, after I understood more of what his word said, after his Holy Spirit was inside of me. This book brings me comfort now. At least it's comfort for my own soul. But it also brings up the responsibility of sharing this with others because I don't want them to be without God forever. That would be a horrible thing to be with the world stage looking like it is. We can see that the end is coming quick, the end of the church age. So, like I said, like God said, make your calling and election sure. Make sure you know you're saved. And then bring others along with you. So from this point, after we've looked at chapters 4 and 5, the ones ahead are about the tribulation period. And that may bring up fear to some of you. Well, fear in one way is a good thing. God put that in us so that if a tiger starts chasing after you, you know to run. But God has also told us that perfect love casts out fear. The disciples in Jesus' day, they feared the future. We all fear the future, what we don't know. And they even asked him in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, several different questions on how to understand the future that's ahead. And a few of these questions were, when will these things be? What are going to be the stages or the signs of your coming, Lord? And what are the signs of the end of the world? And Jesus' reply was the longest message on the end times in the entire Bible here in Matthew 24. He answered the disciples saying, Take heed or pay attention that no man deceive you, because many will come in my name saying, I am Jesus, I am the Christ, and will try to deceive you. And you will hear of rumors and of wars and wars. But don't be troubled. All these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Don't worry. It gets worse. But God is in control. But this time, this time of getting worse will be in the tribulation period. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the sixth chapter. Jesus referred to it later in his message there in Matthew 24 about the abomination of desolation in verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, and whoso reads this, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop, don't come down to take anything out of your house. And those of you that are in the field, don't go back to take your clothes. And woe to them who are with child, and to give them, and that are nursing during those days. For then shall be a great tribulation, such as was not seen since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And here comes the merciful part of God, because all of this is because of our sin and our doing. 
And God wants to draw us back now during this age of grace. But verse 22 of 20, Matthew 24 says, And except those days of this tribulation period should be shortened, there would be no flesh saved. Everybody would die. But for the elect's sake, for those that love him, those days shall be shortened. Mankind is going to just destroy themselves if God doesn't step in and shorten those days. And yet it's God that gets the bad rap about all of this all the time. Mankind is so quick to judge him. Why isn't he here when I need him? And why can't I do what I want to do? And what do you mean I have to do things his way? He's trying to warn us here. When these things happen, beware. He says, I told you about this already. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, it says, Shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase at that time. That's one of the signs of what it's going to be like when the end times are here, when the tribulation period is on its way. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but most of travel has been by horse and buggy for centuries. It wasn't until basically recently on the history of our timeline that cars and trains and airplanes came about. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking here just to hear myself talk, but our soul, your soul, my soul depends on whether or not we believe this stuff. God didn't write these things down just to torment us. He's trying to let us know these things will be happening. Don't go there. Just like he told them in the garden, Adam and Eve, don't touch the fruit on that tree. And what did they do? They chose their own way. Well, I don't want you to go through what's coming in chapters 6 to 18 of Revelation. So please, bow the head, bow your knee, bow your heart, and accept Jesus and the free gift of salvation that he's offering you now. Call me, write me, email me, text me, something, let me know that you have chosen Jesus. Otherwise, what's ahead here will be falling on your head. Revelation 6, verse 1, and we'll continue. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. You know that scroll that we saw at the end of chapter 5 that was sealed up? And the Lamb who was there, who was the only one worthy to open the seals, to find out what's in here. Well, this is when it happens. He watched, John watched when the lamb opened up one of the seals, the seven seals. And I heard, he says, of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come, come and see. Well, the Vulgate and a few other versions of the Bible don't have the and see, but that's what it means from the original language. 
And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come, come and see. And out came another horse, this one bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people would slay one another, and he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard and the third living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, its rider's name was Death and Hades, followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with a sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? God's word says, let God be true and every man a liar. If something doesn't agree with his word, it's not that he's wrong, we're wrong. And at this point, I need a break. It's like watching episodes of a very stressful crime scene or something like that. And I need to take a breather because there is so much pain and suffering coming for those who have rejected Jesus. The first of the seals that was broken brought forth the white horse and the one riding it carried a bow and a crown. And it's very similar to the white horse of Revelation 19, where Jesus comes down on the white horse with all the saints with him. But that is not the same one here. Today's uh, political and social stage is certainly set for 
the re uh, revelation of the Antichrist. And at the end of the church age, remember that I mentioned last time, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, 6 and 7 says, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit is still here. So the Antichrist will not be revealed until the Holy Spirit takes the bride of Christ up to heaven and the Holy Spirit will leave this earth as well. And at that point, the Antichrist is free to conquer. The next horse from the next seal that was brought forth was a red horse. Another horse, fiery red, went out. And this one brought war and conflict. Even though we hear of war and rumors of war, peace really is a gift from God. It's not the natural state of things between countries or peoples, but because of God and because of the Holy Spirit, there is a bit of peace on this earth. And we as believers are to encourage that peace with other people as well and not create divisiveness, but to love them as God would love them. The next seal brought forth the black horse, signifying scales of scarcity. Uh, there will be a careful measure and ration of food at that time. A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. These prices were about 12 times higher than normal. It means that it would cost a day's wages to buy the ingredients for a loaf of bread. This describes a time of famine when life will be reduced to the barest necessities, says Valvord. And yet the nicer things will still be available for those who have the money. There will still be the oil and the wine. They were not supposed to harm those, so there's going to be a greater divide in the haves and the have-nots. Revelation 6, verses 7 to 8, brings about the pale horse, which brings death. As far as war is concerned, we ain't seen nothing yet. And remember back in Matthew 24, verse 20, 21, it says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Power was given to this pale horse over the fourth of the earth to kill it. And power is given to the horsemen and by God. They go with God's authority. And yet, even though it looks so awful, God is still in control. He's the one opening the seals. The fifth seal brings forth the cry of the martyrs during the tribulation period. And when the Lamb opens the fifth seal, under the altar are the souls of those who have been killed for the word of God during the tribulation period. They are martyrs killed because they believe in Jesus. Right now, we just have to choose to bow to God. And, and we're out of here when that trumpet sounds. I know it doesn't sound fair, 
But God chooses, just like he chose in the Old Testament, those who were faithful, like Adam and David and Moses. God chose them to be an example for all of mankind throughout history, and Abraham too. And now he's chosen you and me, if you are part of the bride, part of those that love Jesus. Let's not take that for granted. God loves us and he's showing us his mercy right now. No matter how bad COVID looks or political things look around us or wars and rumors of wars, we are blessed. But these souls that are martyred for their death during the testimony, uh, during the tribulation period, they cry out to God, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth, those that killed us? God gives them their white robe and asks them to wait just a little bit longer until their other brothers and sisters are brought to safety as well. Just like now, I'm crying out to you, brothers and sisters, or those that don't know Jesus right now. Please come along with me. Take my hand. Let's love Jesus with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our might. And if five seals weren't enough, there's a sixth that'll make you think twice about what you're going to choose. The opening of the sixth seal brought cosmic disruption. There was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth and the moon became like blood, a blood red moon. All the ones that we're talking about now, those are not what this is describing. This is like nothing earth has ever seen before. And the stars from heaven, they fell to the earth as like a fig tree drops off of the tree when a white, when a wind shakes the tree. It was so bad. The scene was so bad on earth. Well, I'm talking as past tense because that's the way God has written it here. He sees it as already happened, but it's coming to the future. So those people that are on the earth at that time, they are so frightened by everything that they see around them that they say, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. You mountains and you rocks, fall on us, fall on me. They will try to die and they can't. God won't allow it at that point. They will go through suffering. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. To me, that sounds so funny, the wrath of the Lamb, and yet it is not. Oh, the great and mighty things, the wrath of a Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand at that? The book of Zephaniah was an example of this particular time period. He said, the great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter, where the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers, Zephaniah 1, 14 to 16. 
and another of the old testament prophets joel said in chapter two the sun and the moon grow dark and the stars diminish their brightness for the day of the lord is great and terrible who can endure it these are great and terrible things indeed and who can stand before him only those who are hidden in jesus this brings to mind psalm 139 and i thought i'd read that and share that with you it says uh, search me and know me search me O god and know my heart O lord you have searched me and you know me you know me when i sit down and when i rise up you discern my thoughts from afar you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways even before a word is on my tongue behold o lord you know it altogether you hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is high i cannot attain it where shall i go from your spirit or where shall i flee from your presence if i ascend to heaven you are there if i make my bed in sheol you are there if i take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me if i say surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night even the darkness is not dark to you the night is bright as the day for darkness is as light to you for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when i was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them how precious to me are your thoughts o god how vast is the sum of them if i would count them they were more than the sand i awake and i am still with you oh that you would slay the wicked o god o men of blood depart from me they speak against you with malicious intent your enemies take your name in vain do i not hate those who hate you o lord and do i not loathe those who rise up against you i hate them with complete hatred i count them my enemies search me o god and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting before your last day on earth comes ask god to search you search your heart and let him know what is inside of you bow before him at his feet surrender everything that you are and have to him my life is yours god i am yours and you are mine and there is nothing that we need in this world besides you thank you for loving us so much to make a way so that we would not have to go through all of this but most importantly that you've made a way for us to be able to spend eternity with you because you love us and we want to be loved who doesn't want to be loved
You put that in our hearts, that we would want to be loved, and you want to love us in return. You loved us first. That's why we love you. Just stepping one foot into the beginning of the description of the tribulation period shows us how important it is to belong to Jesus and how important it is to know when these things happen in the timeline of right now, our future, because it affects the way that we live today. So search us and know us, Father. See if there be any wicked way in us. Help us to live holy lives for you until you return. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please share it with a friend or family. You can also find all of Moni's podcasts on the blog at momentswithmoni.com. And while you're there, I invite you to leave questions or comments so I can share them on the podcast. 